heard somebody say, praise the Lord. For how long? I don't know why we give him a mic. You know, my next door neighbor said that they heard him. And I live 15 miles away. <laughs> I'm sorry, Terry. <laughs> well, if uh, he thought he could, he would, you know. Praise God. Good to see everybody this morning. So glad you're here. Uh, looks like we have a few people that may be on the road. So we got a few back. So uh, that's cool. That's really cool. I uh, wanted to share with you a few things before the message. Am I missing something? I'm missing something. Can you wait just a minute? Can you give me 60 seconds? Okay, pretty good. We are, uh, the building's starting to be used more, and that's a really good thing. We have a daycare moving in that'll be opening on August 1st, and they're gonna be using um, the, uh, the hall this way, and they're here for a year, for sure. And so, uh, good, sweet couple, young couple with a couple little ones. Um, so really cool that we're gonna be able to uh, see that moving in the building with us. So, it's, we're gonna make a, a few little adjustments. We'll still be using the same rooms back there for Children's Church. And we'll be using the same storage room, but a lot of other things will be be changing and moving around physically that you don't really ever go back and do anyway. So, but let's let you know about that. So, um, they they've been in daycare for quite a while, and they've just been a smaller group, and they're blossoming out to quite a bit. I think they they think that they're going to have. I think they've got solid. Uh, People signed up for this fall for 80-something 80, 80 kids. So that'll, uh, that'll make this facility just that much more buzzing, and that's basically Monday through Friday. So, um, I, no, it's not necessarily, but yeah, yeah, they're, they know the Lord. <laughs> so that's, that's really cool. Um, we want to be able to rejoice in that as we see things happening. The, the uh, girls' volleyball team down at the gym, uh, they've actually getting ready to wrap up again July 1st. They're, they'll be here a little bit this month, but they're going to be wrapping up. So uh, praise God. That's what it's all about, the kingdom, right? Amen. Praise God. Just hang on, Kelly. Don't worry. Don't move yet. Can I have another 60 seconds? Uh, next, next week... I had a message planned, Back to the Future, and I'm changing it a little bit. It's going to be called uh, Answers to Backslidden America. Okay? I'm using the same main text, but uh, really, I really feel compelled to be able to make sure that people are aware and have the privilege and opportunity. And, of course, it'll be a, a film, a video of that that you can share with other people. Uh, we want to make it pertinent. We want to make it relatable. We want to make it full of the Holy Spirit, uh, the truth and love. You can't share the truth without love, the real truth, and you cannot share real love without the real truth. And so God is both of those, and uh, I believe that will encourage you to kind of get out of your little comfort zone a little bit and uh, go for it, praise God. Uh, Do you all remember the little round to it that we passed out a month or so ago? T-U-I-T. You remember that? You can ask your grandmother about that because it was her brainchild. <laughs> How many of you still have that displayed where it reminds you? I want to count the hands. How many? Okay. Okay. Thank you. How many of you remember what's on the back side of it besides Cammie? Oh, come on now. What, what does it say, Cammie? Heaven or hell. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's, it's to encourage you to share people so they can make a wise decision, heaven or hell. 
Okay. Um, so <laughs> I want to make sure that you're taking full benefit of the things that we have in store for you. I'm tired of looking at these cards. We printed a bunch of them up and they're still sitting out there on the table in the bar. Okay. They have our logo on the front. They have our information on the back and half of the back side is open so you can leave a message. If you're eating somewhere, just put, thanks for being such a great server and put your name on it. Or if you're, you know, you, you go to the laundry or you go to the dentist, say, I still love you anyway, you know. Uh, but use these to let people know that Church of Tomorrow is where the Word and the Spirit meet at the cross. You okay? Yeah. yeah. You, you like it. Okay. And uh, we are going to be talking about some really special things next week. Bring somebody with you. Even if they're lost as a goose, uh, we're not going to pressure them to become Christians. But we sure make it available for the Holy Spirit. And people need answers this day and time. I had a three-hour conversation with one of my neighbors the other night, three hours. And they're in a church, but they're not very satisfied with it because it's not meeting their needs according to what he reads in the Bible. And he and I agreed on so much. Um, it's almost like we've been sharing time together, you know. And we this is the second time we got together. But anyway, that's just a privilege that we have. Pastor Kelly, would you do what you're going to do then? Um, we're setting up a time uh, off and on to where we want to give people opportunity to testify as to some things that God has done uh, in the midst of being with tomorrow. Maybe it's the teaching that is spurred or maybe some things that have happened as a result of what's taken place at tomorrow. But um, I'm going to ask Katina. Uh, she's got a marvelous testimony um, of what God has been doing uh, in her life recently, and so we want to give her a couple of minutes. Come on, let's give her a round. Hallelujah. <laughs> Do I stand here? I was thinking that. Uh, good morning, everyone. How are you? Are you well? Good. So I have a testimony. This happened in May, um, so I wrote it out so that I wouldn't go down a rabbit hole and keep within the time limit. So I'm going to start. So I started with Tinker as a Copper Cap intern in September of 2020. This is a three-year program where you get to rotate to different areas of acquisition. So acquisition, I'm buying widgets on behalf of the government. Um, after you complete the program, which I graduate this fall, you are placed in a permanent position um, with the Air Force. So I received an email to respond to an interest form for travel to a conference May 1 through May 5. Um, it's for interns, and it was taking place in D.C. Um, I missed the deadline to respond because I was out of town. So not too long after that, I received another email directly from the contract field team at Randolph Air Force Base about completing the interest survey. So I asked my supervisor if I could attend also, at the same time, I was getting ready to rotate to my new permanent position, like within two weeks. So my supervisor approved the request, and he said, I will reach out to your new supervisor, letting him know that I approved your TDY, which is travel. I completed my orders in the travel system, and my orders were approved at the senior executive level for travel. So the first day of travel, um, you're on the plane, you're getting where you need to be. So finally, I get to the hotel, drop off my bags in my room, and then get in line to check in for the conference, and I see a familiar face. I get to the table, and she says, I know who you are. I'm like, how do you know me? I was like, your face is familiar. She's like, I know who you are. I was like, okay. So we graduated 30 plus years ago from high school, and it just so happened 
she was the one who reached out to me to complete the survey. <laughs> she said, um, this is during one of our breaks. She said, I needed you here. Is what she said. She said, I needed you here. I was so grateful that she reached out to me. We had time for networking in our itinerary after we finished our training. So my classmate walked up to me, the one 30 plus years ago. She said, I need you to go introduce yourself to the keynote speakers. So I'm like, okay, following direction. That's what she says. So I introduced myself to our senior level keynote speakers. And my prayer was, God, while I'm here, connect me to the people that you want me to connect to. So mentoring is encouraged at Tinker. Um, I got two potential mentors throughout this whole conference. One of them is a senior leader of the Space Force. Mm -hmm. And it just so happens when I did my briefing at 18 months being in the program, Space Force is where I wanted to go. So hear me when I say this. God sees you. And he knows your name. If God will do it for me, he'll do it for you. Amen. Let's give her a glam clap. Yes. Amen. Pastor Dan. <laughs> That's awesome. Awesome, awesome, awesome. How many of you got the hidden testimony in there? There's a hidden testimony in her conversation. She graduated high school at six years old. Thank you, Katina. That's great. That's awesome. The favor of God. Yeah. Got to get my sheets in order here. If I ever do a message and I don't number the pages, I'm in trouble. <laughs> Praise God. Well, we're on a series, is Healing for Today. This is part four. We're doing one, we try to do one every month. We missed last month, so we started this month off with it. So it's healing for today is the question. And of course, we're taking the very positive stance on that. We're agreeing with God. And we're take, going through a study, fairly comprehensive study, on healing in the Bible. But we'll continue this series once a month throughout, I don't know, maybe throughout eternity. I don't know. <laughs> Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for opening our heart. Thank you for opening our eyes. Thank you for opening our ears. We want to understand. We want to see. We want to hear what you have for us. And we thank you for sharing your word in a significant manner with us today, as you always do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So uh, what we're going to do is take a quick um, run through or a little bit of review. Uh, part one that we did some months ago, we talked about 2 Kings chapter 5. Remember Nahum, the, uh, the soldier, the uh, commander actually, uh, of a foreign army. He was also a leper, and God did a miracle through him um, and through the prophet. And that shows you that God has no limits on who he's willing to touch and help. Okay, among a bunch of other things. Then we read a little bit later on uh, in Exodus 15, 26, actually before that, Moses had recently taken uh, the Hebrew children through the Red Sea and he releases to them the truth that I am Yahweh Rapha, the Lord who heals you. In Exodus 23, 25, he says, I take sickness away from you. Psalms 103.3, he says, he heals your diseases. In Psalms 91, and this is, oh, I just love Psalms 91. He showed them his salvation, and salvation with Jesus is not just fire insurance, but it's everything. It's always been that way with God. It's all inclusive. He said no pestilence, no harm, no terror, no plagues will come near you. Uh, I will protect you. You'll tread on the lion and the serpent. And that's a signification of spiritual warfare on the head of the devil. Praise God. 
He said, I will honor you. I will satisfy you. All of those are tied up in the salvation of the Lord. Have a little mic uh, slip here. Praise God. Part two, we focused on Isaiah 52 and Isaiah 53. That's kind of the center point of the Bible as far as uh, everything leading up to that particular prophecy of about five to 600 years ago by the prophet Isaiah before the cross. And it talks about Jesus, 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 and more Jesus. Uh, it's the same Isaiah in 52 and 53 that are in the Jewish Tanakh. So if you have a, a Jewish friend, you, you want to share that with them. Part three, uh, we talked about the New Testament ramifications on the word in, uh, of Isaiah reflecting back to Isaiah 53, such as Matthew 8, 17, that um, I, I'm the Lord who heals you. Uh, he said, I will remove sickness and sins from, not sickness from you. Um, he carried our infirmities. He bore our sicknesses specifically right there. And then also in 1 Peter 2, 24, which is a copy of Isaiah 53, uh, he, he, he who bore our own sins in his own body on the tree, that we be in dead to sins, to live into righteousness, and by whose stripes you were healed. And some people say, well, it's just a metaphor. We say this or that. Well, God means, he says what he means, it means what he says. And if you have a mental struggle, yeah, he'll heal that. You bet. Emotional struggle, yeah, he'll heal that. Physical struggle, yeah, he'll heal that. There ain't nothing my God won't do. Amen. Amen. Praise God. And that's the way we need to take his word at it. And he will confirm his word with signs following. I'm going to try to make a little bit better adjustment here. Okay. Um, we also made a great review and emphasis on faith. Faith is so important. We receive everything that we get from God by grace through faith. Now, he can sovereignly do whatever he wants to do because he's God. But the promises of God have to be exercised by faith in his grace, his ability, okay? That's the way you get saved, born again. That's the way you come into the kingdom. That's the way that everything happens for your benefit. Grace is there. His grace is sufficient. It's always more than you need. It's like filling up a pitcher of water and then taking a fire hose and sticking it in there after that to see it overflow. <laughs> and it is received with the hands of faith. So let's get started today. Is Healing for Today, part four. Uh, first of all, I want to go through a couple of misnomers. Uh, they're sort of amusing, but actually they're sad. You know what I mean? Some, one of those is God causes people to get sick. I remember a guy in the car business years ago, back in the 1980s, and a friend of mine was the general manager of the uh, dealership, and he was a born-again, spirit-filled, tongue-talking, heaven-walking uh, child of God. And we had a lot of good conversations. But he had a salesman that was um, a pastor in a particular denomination that I'll leave unnamed because all people in that denomination, I'm sure, don't think like he did. But he was now selling cars, and he made reference to people if he saw sin in their life, he, excuse me, if he saw sickness in their life, he'd say it's because they sinned. Now, sin in your life can cause some, uh, some sickness. <laughs> it can cause you some issues. But that's not all that happens. Everybody that has any kind of a sickness attack on them, that doesn't mean they've sinned. And we'll, we'll explain that in just a few more minutes. So, the whole idea here is that, and, and Jesus makes reference to this in Scripture. The disciple says, was that he that sinned or his father? Jesus said, neither one. That's pretty plain. You know, that's just pretty stinking plain, right? Thank you. Thank you. for that. Amen, Chris. <laughs> uh, another misnomer. Well, let me clear that up a little bit better even. Genesis chapter 2, it uh, it shows the devil is the originator of sin. So that means he's the originator of sickness, of disease, of turmoil, of poverty, uh, all of those things, as well as the big one called death. He's the one that originated all that stuff. 
And he is the initiator of it today on earth. Even if you sin, God still doesn't put sickness on you. It's the devil because you got out of the protection of the umbrella of God. You got out of his word. You're walking over here naked and blind and you wonder what happened to you. And guess what? Things happen because the enemy has got free access to you. And when I say you, that's, I love you people on YouTube. This church is walking past that. But, you know, you need to also. We're for you, okay? Acts 10.34. Acts 10.34. Then Peter began to speak. I now realize how true it is that God does not show favoritism but accepts those from every nation who fear him and do what is right. You know that the message God sent to the people of Israel announcing the good news of peace through Jesus Christ, who is Lord of all, you know what has happened throughout the province of Judea, beginning in Galilee after the baptism that John preached. Verse 38 Acts 10.38, this needs to be in your memory bank. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good and healing some of the people who were under the power of the devil. All, remember, largest word in the English language, all. Infinity with L's to the end who were under the power of the devil. Sickness is under the power of the devil because God was with him. Do you know God's with you? Amen. Do you know you're anointed Amen. to carry healing virtue to people? Amen. Praise God. Well, do it. In fact, this is a very clear presentation of spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Jesus said in John 10, 10, which really takes the Old Testament and says, okay, that happened, but in the future, this needs to happen. He says, the thief cometh not but for to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have Zoe life, the life of God, and life more abundantly with all of the privileges of full salvation. Now, I've often said that the devil tries to steal uh, the word from you. He wants to kill your body. He wants to destroy your soul in hell. Not that it's really destroyed. It's just eternal destruction. But that's important. The Bible says that he comes immediately to steal the word that's been sown. And if you let him, he will. If you walk out here today and don't have this word implanted in you, then the devil's going to come and steal it. Pluck it out of your heart. Pluck it out of your mind. Mm-hmm, come on. So you need to guard against that. That's the first thing that he tries to steal is the word. Because if you don't have the word, you don't have the promises of God in action. We must activate the word in our God. How do we activate it? By faith and doing. Do whatever God says to do. What does his word say to do? Preach the gospel. What does his word say to do? Lay hands on the sick. What does his word say to do? Make disciples of all nations. What does his word say to do? Cast out demons. It's part of my conversation the other night with the fellow. He wanted to ask me some questions about that. And he wants to uh, go to a church that believes in that. We, we believe the Bible, right? Why? Does anybody besides the worship group know that? <laughs> Come on, somebody. Let's have fun in this Methodist house, Presbyterian, whatever it is. I don't know. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Finally, Paul's been talking to the church in Ephesians and through his letter. Sent him an email, and he's coming in there to talk to him a little bit later. And he's wrapping it up in chapter 6, and he says, finally. In other words, he's making an emphasis on everything that he's talked about in this chapter. He is now going to tell you, 
finally be strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Strong in the Lord and in His mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, against those people that are running around the streets crazy these days, but against rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. I read that while ago, that letter that was written. He's coming against evil. He's calling out evil, calling it evil, blasphemy against the Lord God Almighty. You can shake your hand at God all day long, but you'll never get him off the throne. <laughs> Ask the devil. He tried it. And guess what it got him? He got kicked down to the basement. Verse 13. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. He said it again. So that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground after you have done everything to stand. I'm not moved by what I see because the Lord Jesus Christ is here with me. And I don't need a band to make a one-night stand eternally. The door to eternity is open today Will we walk through it. I call unto you this day. Today is the day of salvation. Let heaven and earth be notified that we will stand by the grace of God, by the anointing of God, by the virtue that he's given us to be able to stand above all things, all attempts that ever come against us. But if we cow down and say, oh, I don't want to say anything about that. Drag queens with five-year-old kids, that's okay. No! No! Say no to the gates of hell. Say yes to the reign of heaven. We not only do that through our oral confession, but we also do that by the works that we do. Verse 14, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted up with the readiness that come from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all of the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, and, verse 18, pray in the Spirit. He who prays in an unknown tongue prays in the Spirit. On all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests, from wall to wall prayer, with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. We're called to pray for the church in this country and throughout the world. And earnest in faith. Now notice twice he says that we should put on the full armor of God. How about if a, uh, you went out to battle as a soldier and you didn't put your helmet on? Or you, you were barefooted. You didn't have your belt on. That would be pretty embarrassing. You didn't have a sword. Oh, quit that. <laughs> Come on, dude. Let's get after it. The full armor of God. The breastplate of righteousness. The shield of faith. Here come the tornadoes. Here come the earthquakes. Here come the fiery darts. Here comes an atomic power, whatever it is. Shield of faith says, nah, not today. Not today. Do we really believe? I want you to search your heart today. How deep does the word of God go into you? Is it on the top of the is it a boy, boy on the water? Is it a cork with a hook down a little bit? Or does it go all the way to the uttermost parts of the depths of the seas and all the way to the highest heaven? That's your opportunity. 
the disciples kept saying, God, show, Jesus, show us how to get more faith. How many times did Jesus say, oh, you of little faith. Oh, I've not seen such great faith in all of Israel. And you're a Samaritan. He's looking at every heart. His eyes are searching all over the earth to find out who he's looking at next. Do the eyes of the Lord stop at you and stop as a, as a camera being involved around like a, a cameraman covering a, a particular scene and he's got the camera going everywhere and all of a sudden he stops in? Does he do that? Do you catch his attention? We're not trying to be silly about this. Guess what catches his attention? F-A-I-T-H. For without faith it is impossible to please God. Everyone that comes to him must believe he's God. And he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Hebrews 11.6. That gets you where you are and takes you where you need to be. No matter how much you think you know or how close you think you're walking with the Lord, there's always more. There's no limitation. As he made the universe, the power of his arm, that's where the limitations of your faith are. Get on a rocket ship, fly to the speed of sound, in a billion years you get somewhere out there. Still be going. It's just the way it is. There are no ends to what his love is, what his mercy is, what his depths are, what his wisdom is, what he's made. We limit God so much by, yes, that's so sweet or that's so kind or I'm just supposed to be this or I'm just supposed to. No! Get the lid off your faith. Jump out of the jar. Go fly around. God said... And whatever he said, he said it to you for a purpose. He's not holding back. He's, you're not a horse with the reins being held like that. No, you're free. Be the horse that runs up over the hills and down the hills and around and roams free and stops and talks to other horses. Whee! Hearing about Jesus. Sheep begot sheep. Yeah, we're so limited by a little bitty thinking, a little bitty mind. Oh, I've got such big faith. Oh, you do? What are you using it for? Well, uh, 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 I, was, I, I, I was thinking about maybe you, uh, well, I, 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 you know, I'm close with God. No, honey, you're not close with God. You're deceived. You have projects that the Holy Spirit has given you whether you know it or not. Have you finished the ones you're supposed to finish? Are you on a road that I'm picking up something else? It's not a matter of works. It's a matter of loving God so much you want to do it. When you're wrapped up, tied up, tangled up, Jesus Christ, you want to work with Him. It's a pleasure. It's a joy. Remember, there is no laity in the church of Jesus Christ Everyone is clergy. If you're born again, you're clergy. If you're filled with the Spirit, you've been elevated to an opportunity to be able to walk in the Spirit, to know Jesus, to know the Father, to know the Holy Spirit, to get commands from Him, demands from Him, suggestions from Him, for a direction from Him. He will walk in you. He will talk in you. You will be His people. He will be your God. This is real. It's not church per se, because we just use that word, throw it around. It's like we throw the name of Jesus around. In Jesus' name, get out of my flower bed. Leave that honeybee alone, okay? Don't be breaking their neck. Honeybees are good. If you don't think so, just try to make one of them mad, you'll find out <clears throat> the other side. Amen. Malachi 3.6, the Lord said, I am the Lord and I change not. He meant it. He said it. And you know, when God says something, 
When God says something, He means it. And it's eternal unless He tells you it's not. And when He says He never changes, He never changes. And 10 billion years from now, He'll never change. Because He is the essence of everything that is life, truth, love, joy, peace. All of it. All powerful, all knowing. He's everywhere. Yet he put himself encapsulated in the body and came to this earth to show us how to live, to show us what miracles look like, to show us what God wants to do, how he wants to change the world, how he wants to grow the kingdom of God. And then he bore a death that nobody should ever have to die. The most righteous, loving, caring person in all of your eternity died on a cross. Whoever dies on a cross is cursed. He was cursed for you. He was cursed for me. He was cursed for everybody if they will receive him, if they will take advantage of what he is trying to do in their lives. He is seeking us. He's going after the lost. He's trying to stimulate those that are already in the kingdom. They're already in, in the sheep's pen, so to speak, and say, you know, this sheep's pen has no limitations. It has no limitations at all. So get out of the sheep's pen, pen and start sheeping. <laughs> Hallelujah. Point two, God doesn't heal today, but everyone pray for me. That's another misnomer. It's called ignorance. I-G-N-O-R-A-N-C-E, ignorance. Ignorant of what God has appropriated through men's traditions, through people that prayed and then it didn't happen, so they say there's something wrong with the Word or there's something wrong with God and they forgot to look in the mirror first. And they forgot to read the book. That's big. You cannot judge God by your own emotions and feelings and activities. Who are we to judge God? What we need to do is start seeking Him for a change and then He will show us what we need to see, what we need to hear, what we need to walk in, in the way that He has planned for us to have life and life eternal, life to the uttermost, life running over. Area number three, John 5, 1. I love this section of Scripture. Actually, I love most all of them. Sometime later, John 5, 1. Sometime later, Jesus went up to Jerusalem for one of the Jewish festivals. Now there is in Jerusalem near the sheep gate a pool, which in Aramaic is called Bethesda and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Can't remember exactly, but that pool has actually been discovered about in the last 10 years. They know where it is. Um, verse 3. Here a great number of disabled people used to lie, the blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? See, this guy had all the promises that we talked about a while ago in the Old Testament, plus some we didn't even mention. Sir, the invalid replied, I have no one to help me into the pool when the water is stirred. When I'm trying to get in, someone else goes down ahead of me. In other words, the angel came, stirred the water, and what happened? Oh, somebody beat me in the water. Won't you just sit in the water all day? Get your healing. Then Jesus said to him, get up. Pick up your mat and walk. At once. The man was cured. He picked up his mat and walked. The day on which this took place was a Sabbath. And so the Jewish leaders said to the man who had been healed, It is the Sabbath. The law forbids you to carry your mat. But he replied, The man who made me well said to me, Pick up your mat and walk. Verse 12. So they asked him, Who is this fellow who told you to pick it up and walk? The man who was, the man who has healed, the man who was healed, I'm sorry, the man who was healed had no idea who it was. For Jesus had slipped away into the crowd that was there. Wouldn't you like to have been there to see that? 
I'd even take a video of it. How about you? Later, Jesus found him at the temple and said, See, you're well again. Stop sinning. Or something worse may happen to you. The man went away and told the Jewish leaders that it was Jesus who had made him well. So according to these verses and others, our own sins can cause sickness. Notice I said can cause. Relate the story of the car salesman. I just did. Thank you. People want to experience God and you should. That's a good thing. But make sure your experience lines up with the Word of God. And if the Word of God says you this and you go that, well, guess what, honey? This triumphs that. Are you still with me? Okay, here's another example of something very, very similar. This is one I really, really love. Luke chapter 5, verse 17. Luke was an MD or whatever they had that day. And he wrote the book of Luke and the book of two books, Luke and somebody help me, Acts. Luke wrote the book of Acts. If you read Acts and then read it, excuse me, if you read Luke and then jump over to Acts, you'll see they fit together. Okay. Thank you. Nobody but Cammie. Little slow, but she gets there. Luke 5, 17. One day Jesus was teaching and Pharisees and teachers of the law were sitting there. They had come from every village of Galilee and from Judea and Jerusalem. The teachers of the law, take note, were there. They're listening to Jesus. And the power of the Lord was with Jesus to heal the sick. Some men came carrying a paralyzed man on a mat and tried to take him into the house to lay him before Jesus. When they could not find a way to do this because of the crowd, they went up on the roof and lowered him on his mat through the tiles into the middle of the crowd right in front of Jesus. I love it. No matter what. You seek him, you'll find him. Verse 20, when Jesus saw their faith, he said, friend, your sins are forgiven. The Pharisees and the teachers of the law began thinking to themselves, who is this fellow who speaks blasphemy? Who can forgive sins but God alone? Verse 22, Jesus knew what they were thinking and asked, why are you thinking these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say your sins are forgiven or to say, get up and walk? But I want you to know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins. So he said to the paralyzed man, I tell you, get up, take your mat, go home. Immediately he stood up in front of them. This guy was so sick, he, was, he couldn't even walk. They had to carry him in. Now, here, minutes later, he's up praising God. Immediately, he stood up in front of them, took what he had been lying on, and went home praising God. Glory to God, got my mat here. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Yep, he was a holy roller. Everyone was amazed and gave praise to God. They were filled with awe and said, we have seen remarkable things things today. Now, there's a good side benefit on this piece of scripture too that we need to take advantage of. Jesus healed, right? He saw the faith of the people that were with this guy. How do you see faith? Look at what's going on. Look what they're saying. Are they acting like Jesus? Are they acting like it? And it's something that you may not see yet, but they're so convinced in their heart. Test all things. Hold on to that which is good. If you need to put it on your spiritual shelf because somebody else said something, you can do that. 
You can agree with them or you can put it on the shelf. But they may know something you don't know. It could be any of a number of things. Something else that Jesus showed here very plainly, and sometimes we run reading this, we run right over it. If it was a train, we'd have a wreck. But we don't really catch everything when we're reading. That's the reason that we need to slow down and read the Bible in the Holy Spirit. He said, your sins are forgiven. Jesus proclaimed that he was God right then and there. Don't get quiet on me. He proclaimed that he was God. Who has authority on earth to forgive sins? Only God. That's the reason the Pharisees or whatever they were, don't you see? That's the reason they said that he is blaspheming. Well, he wasn't. God can't blaspheme himself. But they knew that only God had the authority or only God could forgive sins. That is blanket sins. Now, you can forgive somebody that sinned against you, but I can't forgive somebody that sinned against Maurice. They're going to need to go to him. You see, this is simple. But, you know, first of all, we've got it in low gear all the time. It's revved up, but it ain't going nowhere fast. What we need to do is let the Holy Spirit quicken these things to us. There are so many verses in the New Testament that show that Jesus is God. People say, he's not God. I was talking to a couple of JWs a few weeks ago. He's not God. You're just as wrong as wrong can be, you ought to read the Bible. Well, we've got our own Bible. I know, that's the problem. Yeah. It's full of misquotations on purpose so they can manipulate you and keep you in an organization and control you. Christianity's free. Jehovah Witnesses are not. They could be the best intended people in the world, but good intentions can lead to hell. Okay, is healing for today. Emphatically, on the word of God, we can say yes and amen. Old Testament, New Testament. He's the Lord that heals us He's the one that proclaimed, I carried your infirmities, I bore your infirmities and carried your sicknesses. God loves us. And he's done everything necessary. Jesus took the scourging on his back for our healing. The innocent one, all but slaughtered. How he ever lived through a scourging and crucifixion alone or Unbelievable, really. But he rose from the dead. People try to, to, you know, take that away. We're going to be doing some messages on the resurrection here pretty soon. Really get into it. It's the single most provable event in ancient history. Even the skeptics no longer, the, the educated skeptics no longer question it. They don't want to talk about it. (laughs) <laughs> my Jesus rose from the dead yeah he's alive again <laughs> hear all the angels say he's alive again he's no longer where he lay he's alive again hear all the people say come on let's rejoice he's alive hallelujah praise God Sing it like that old uh, Phil Driscoll voice. He's alive again. Stones been rolled away. <laughs> Easton could do that. I can't do it anymore. Tear my voice up. <laughs> oh, he could sing it though. Yeah. Praise God. We've got a great thing. 
Do you know there's people out there that need to be healed that don't know anything about healing? I'll close with this. Sandra. Sandra worked for me part-time in the car business back in the 80s. And she was the um, front person at the desk in our car dealership. And she did all the clerical things and took the money and wrote receipts and all that kind of good stuff. She just worked on Saturdays. Uh, but Sandra was a very interesting person. Real sweet lady. In fact, we actually ended up doing a Saturday school for a foster home. But uh, when she was there still working in the office, she wouldn't tell people they need to get saved. She was so strong in her belief on faith and healing, she would tell them they need healing, and Jesus was the one that could do it. And she witnessed to everybody. I mean, people coming in, oh, I just don't feel real good. Well, you know, Jesus will heal you right now. And she, I said, one day she says, Pastor Dan, I don't know how come you, how you tell people so much, so easily about the Lord. You just tell people about the Lord all the time. I said, Sandra, that's easy. You tell everyone about healing. You, you get right on past it. You get down to business. I said, that's really a fine, fun thing. And people will walk in the car lot and they leave. <laughs> Cassandra prayed for him. Yes. <laughs> Praise God. Do you know you can be a Sandra? Yes. You can be a Dan. You can be whatever that God's made you to be. Be who you are. But there's all kinds of ways to be able to catch people's attention. And some people say, well, it didn't happen. I prayed and they died. That doesn't change the word of God. There may be some things there you don't know. I, I was questioned by somebody recently in, in a very nice way about my wife passing, she had cancer, and she died from cancer. And I said, well, let me tell you the good news part of it. She, she went over 70. She was 71 when she went. And I didn't know this until I was doing some of the things after that she went to be with Jesus, singing the song, dancing along, Amen. that she had actually been diagnosed a maximum of four years to live. And that was in the medical record. It's right there. And she lived almost 10 years after, you know. Well, he gave her, and I finished this up with him. I said, you know, she passed March 1, 2020. And our first great-grandchild was born December 31st, 2019. Two months and a day, she got to see little Aaliyah Rain and hold her. I've got a picture, you know, in my phone with her in the wheelchair holding Aaliyah. She was fulfilled at that time, and she flew out of here. It's, God is so good. I, you know, we did a lot of things. We prayed, and she changed her diet. And there's a lot of things that happened. But God was good and gave us special time together, special years together. And, and you know, not four years, we'll give you ten. That's the way God is. Without him, five and a half years later or earlier was what the doctor said would be the longest that she had lived. I mean, when you're diagnosed with stage four right off the bat, that's not very good news. But God, I said, but God, but God. Praise him, hallelujah. Pastor Kelly. That's the word for you. Look at someone and say, that's the word of God for you. Amen, hallelujah. I wanted to uh, bring attention to... Um, God's word regarding giving. We had a song earlier this morning regarding sowing and reaping. Remember the song? Remember the sowing and the reaping? Yeah. Well, God's word says, whoever sows sparingly will also reap how? How will they reap? So if you give a little, you'll get how much? A little. God's not trying to make you feel horrible. Okay. He's just simply stating the facts. If you give a little, you get a little. 
Hallelujah. Whoever sows bountifully will also reap how? Bountifully. He's just sharing what it is. Hallelujah. If you give five cents, you're going to get a five cent return. I'm not saying literally. You'll get the kind of return that five cents giving was going to give you. Hallelujah. Look at your neighbor and say, well, that's the truth. Each one must give as he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. I'm not trying to make you give. Hallelujah. The Holy Ghost will speak to your heart regarding those things. Hallelujah. For God loves a cheerful giver. What kind of giver? Oh, I just hate it when that pastor gets up there and tells me how I have to give. Blah, 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 blah. Mm, there's something about stingy. Stingy, stingy, stingy. Okay? Or generous, generous, generous. <laughs> Look at someone and say, what kind of a giver you're going to be? What kind of a giver are you going to be? Hallelujah. I hope you're not going to be stingy. Hallelujah. And God is able. Everyone's saying, God is able. To make all grace abound to you so that having all sufficiency in all things at all times, you may abound in every good work. Hallelujah. You know that we love to give here. Okay? And it goes to good plan, good purpose. Okay? It goes into good soil. Hallelujah. And uh, we give online. We give through text messaging. We also give, you know, with the uh, um, cards there in the back. Just fill out the envelope. Okay, and uh, just be a giver. Look at someone and say, be a giver. Hallelujah. Some other things that we want to pay attention to, uh, the awe of God. We've been going through the book by John Bevere. Uh, We're into week number seven, and it's been a magnificent journey. Uh, Several of you have gotten the books, you know, to follow along. Uh, Keep going. Those of you who would like to get the book, you just make sure it's a grand book to really stir you and activate you. Amen? Snacks are at 6.45 and, and this, uh, the study starts at 7. Hallelujah. I wanted you to make you aware, right behind Miss Doris is a whole slew of books. It's called a library. Uh, me being a school teacher, I love libraries. And I have a library at home as well. And uh, a lot of books I haven't read yet. Okay, notice I said yet, okay. I plan to be 120, okay, when I finally pass on. So it'll take quite a few years, okay. (laughs) And so as a result, those books are there for your benefit, for your blessing, okay. So get with Brad or myself regarding uh, taking up one of those books and reading from it, okay. Uh, It's great to read, Hallelujah. I love it when people grasp hold and begin to read. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Had a girl years uh, this past year, she started the year in sixth grade, had a kindergarten level reading. By the time she left, she was at fourth grade level. She was reading whole books and she was beginning to comprehend. Okay? I love it when kids begin to grasp what it means to read. Hallelujah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And then also, Pastor Dan referred to it earlier uh, on this morning. We got changes going on in the back area where the children's area is. And we need volunteers to come out this week to help us move things, shift things, and uh, bring things uh, up to date and to make room for the daycare. We love that daycare coming in. Let's just let's bless them and do everything we can to help them along. Amen? So if you're interested in volunteering to be a part, whether it's just a few hours, a little while, if it's you know a whole day, I don't know. Uh, Brad is back there. Connect with Brad regarding your desire to, to come in and be a part of that. Amen? Let's stand this morning. I feel compelled in my heart to let everyone know, listen with ears that hear. Look at your neighbor and say, listen with ears that hear. I hear very clearly. God's word says, I did not create you at any other time. I created you now. I created you to be on this earth now because I put things within you, within your abilities that are meant for now. Even if you're young, like that young gentleman right back there in the back, or if you're one of the oldest ones in here, you are created for now. 
Hallelujah. And so don't forget that as you dismiss today, Go forth in the power and in the strength of the Lord, knowing God created you for now. Hallelujah. For this season. Hallelujah. So, Father, we thank you and praise you that your word has gone out with power, with clarity, with anointing. And I thank you that these people are filled to the full and overflowing. And I pray that they will be able to take what they've learned and by the help of your Holy Spirit will release this truth to those who they are around throughout this week. And we just thank you for your blessing to be upon them, your healing and your wholeness to be upon them. And I thank you that they'll spread it to others in the mighty name of Jesus. And everyone said, Amen. Remember to think 200. 200. Look at people and say 200. 200 what, Pastor Kelly? 200 people in this place. Hallelujah. Amen. Be blessed.